friends, sadists, and everyone in between, welcome back for episode 3 of Blood on the Dice. We continue our march through Curse of Strahd, trying desperately to stay alive, otherwise our characters and the players behind them are gone forever. My name is Brian, I am the creator and producer of this show, but more importantly, I play the professional snoop booper with expertise in complaining, Basil Quark. I'm Camille, I play a seafaring cleric named Pebble Soot. I'm Jake, I play Cork Grizzly, wild man and general woods folk. I am Joe of Dark Hills Gaming, and I play Borcoro Voldenara, a dragonborn fighter who worships fire and reacts to things as chaotically as a brush fire. And now, the man of the hour, our DM and vengeful god, Alex. I am the ancient, I am the land. Um, well, that was a that's that's gonna be a hell of a thing to live up to, Brian. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Um, so uh, when we pick up the game now, you guys are heading down into the valley towards the uh, town of Valaki. But I think more importantly, last time uh, we met, you guys had your first face-to-face -face encounter with Count Strahd von Zarevich. That was great. Yeah, still not sure how we survived that one. A river, maybe? <laughs> or we are a mouse and he is a cat. So uh, the way that I would describe that last session is uh, the intrepid explorers at the base of Ser Falls chasing a rumor about a white wizard were accosted by Strahd von Zarevich, who did not make any effort to attack them, although did say a couple of things that were truly debilitating to their sense of self-worth and identity, before leaving and summoning a clutch of zombies whom they did ably fight off. Traveling back to the Vistani camp, they were approached by two other hunters through the woods, wondering if they had the means to defend themselves against monsters. When they gave the impression they had no silvered weapons, the two hunters immediately transformed into werewolves and attacked, but lo and behold, they in fact did have silver weapons and were able to chase the werewolves back off into the woods. Reapproaching the Vistani camp, no one much wanted to speak to them. No one was eager to share any of their time with the travelers, although they did manage to buy from them some uh, food, some cooking ingredients, and were given the piece of wisdom, stay away from the windmill, which of course does beg further questions. Working their way up through the first of the Balanok Mountains, they ended up fighting a clutch of no less than 14 wolves, who, strangely enough, attacked or fought to the last. Very unusual. Um, proceeding over a bridge, which was very, very scary, <laughs> you know, gargoyles and stuff like that, found themselves at the precipice of the hill, seeing on one side a windmill, on the other the road winding down towards a walled town on a lake. So again, if anybody has questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, hopes, or dreams, this is the time to bring them up. I'm explicitly not telling you any hopes or dreams because they will be crushed on the rocks. <laughs> let's, let's approach this town. Yeah, I think Basil's ready to go. Um, so a couple of things. So again, um, having elected to travel through the night into the wee hours of the morning, it's still probably only about midday at the latest um, as you're working your way down the slopes of the foothills of Mount Baratok towards the lake itself. The old Svalich road meanders into a valley watched over by dark brooding mountains to the north and the south. The woods recede, revealing a sullen mountain berg surrounded by a wooden palisade. Thick fog presses up against the wall as though looking for a way inside, hoping to catch the town a slumber. The dirt road ends at a set of sturdy iron gates with a pair of shadowy figures standing behind them. 
planted in the ground and flanking the road outside the gates are a half dozen pikes with wolves' heads impaled on them. Are there guards at the gates? How do we get in? So you're still a ways away from the gates when you all hear something crashing in the underbrush of the woods off to the south, off to your left, and the unmistakable sound of a taut bowstring reverberating. Run? Run. Right, guys, run. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to run for the gate. Sure. Uh, can I make a perception roll real quick? Uh, you absolutely can. Uh, that is a 13, he said optimistically. So looking towards the direction of the sound, you do see two figures stepping out through the underbrush. Two men, one with fair skin, a nearly bald pate, and a bushy straw-colored beard. The other with long brown locks and thick eyebrows, a face scarred and pitted. Both have long bows and heavy hide cloaks. The bearded man shouts out, You, wild man, you have no business here. Back to your mountain. I, I don't know why people keep thinking that I'm one of these mountain wild men. I'm a different wild man. We're not all the same. I speak common. I'm getting a little tired of people making these assumptions I'm, about me. I'm sorry, does, does Cork say that in character or is this just you getting mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, that was Cork saying it in character. Oh, okay. As, as, you're, as you are rattling off this complaint <laughs> in perfectly well-executed use of the common tongue, both men inexplicably lower their bows um, and the bearded man again speaks. You'll speak the common tongue. Oh, I, my apologies. I took you for one of the... And you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Are, are you the rest of the circus, then? The, uh, the, circus. the, the what? I think you've collectively offended all of us at this point. Not me. I'm definitely a fire eater. Again, I'm going to, you know, take a moment for you guys to bear in mind what the five of you, including Irina, look like. <laughs> out I, my sincerest apologies. No disrespect was meant. Uh, a while ago, a, a clown in a carnival wagon came to Velaki. He has been staying at the inn, a, a, a nice fellow, but um, very private. We were not sure if he was expecting to be joined by his fellow performers, and I apologize for my assumptions. A clown. As if this place couldn't get scarier. It, it was unexpected, I suppose. I, I imagined at the time that he was conscripted to perform for the festival. You know, considering all the things I have seen in these woods, I'm calling it that clown is evil. That's an evil fucking clown. You know, more evil than usual clowns. Thank you for calling us a bunch of clowns. We're going to go inside now. I, I, I think perhaps you should reconsider. Why do you say that? Well, again, I... I mean, no disrespect. And at this point, for the first time, his companion speaks up and just echoes, no disrespect. Um, but travelers such as you are infrequently seen in Velaki. I worry about what reception you might expect from the guards. Oh, uh, racism. You're talking about racism, right? Does he look different than everyone else? That's what you're talking about? That's the problem we're gonna have? I have no quarrel with you in particular, but yes, if I'm speaking bluntly, I think that you might want to prepare yourselves to take certain precautions if you would enter the town. But I would endeavor to help you. How could you help us? Well, well frankly, I would ask if I might, what is your business in Velaki that you would attempt? Uh, we're delivering this woman. Where to? We're headed to the church. Yes. Well, if your business 
in Wallachie takes you to the Church of St. Andrew, you should be entering by the Sunset Gate to the west. We can take you, uh, but it will certainly ease your entry to claim to be companions of the clown. Rictavio, I believe he calls himself. Can I inside check this guy? Yeah, yeah. There we sure. Go. Oh, Seven. Would a pebbler court like to do the same? Yes, I would. I got a, a 26. That's a little better. <laughs> he seems to be dealing with you pretty straight. It seems that, yeah, he's not going to deny that there are perhaps feelings of prejudice or xenophobia within the town, but he's just kind of, you know, it is what it is. You know? It's just, you know, the last time hunters approached us in the woods, they tried to eat us. <laughs> well, he seems to be dealing with you pretty straight. All right. Yes, if you will, if you could ease our entry into this, into this village, we would greatly appreciate that. We know the footpath through the woods. Uh, we can easily escort you to the Sunset Gate, but I would make a point that as you are able, uh, please to go to the Blue Water Inn and concert your story with the clown. We will advise him as we can, but if the deception should become widely known, uh, we are all in for some trouble. Tensions in Valaki tend to run high, especially where outlanders are concerned. Is it the kind of trouble that often involves the news? No, I would not say that. Um, and he, he's, he's, he's looking now like he definitely has things on his mind, but he really doesn't want to have to say them. Could I roll persuasion? Sure. Ten, again. You're supposed to be our charisma guy. We're not a charismatic group. Perhaps. <laughs> you, you look a little bit like you've... Uh... Like you are troubled by things. I am a man who understands trouble. I often cause it. He's kidding. We don't. We don't cause trouble. That's a joke. Well, I shall be blunt with you. That's that is your affair. Now, as you can imagine, our line of work rarely requires us to deal with others. If you would, there are better people to explain the situation in Valaki than we. Um, if your business is at the Church of Saint Andrew, I will say Father Petrovich is a good man from a noble family, and he can tell you more and explain it better than I can. Erwin Martikov of the Blue Water Inn. I would ask them to explain the situation. In the meantime, if you find that there is any difficulty, well, I have said what I have said. I would suggest you concert your story with the clown. It would not be unusual to think that the Baron had need for one. We appreciate this. Thank you. Uh, let me introduce myself. I am Soldar Soldarovich. This is my companion, Ivegni Khrushchev. Ivegni. Pleasure to meet you both. My name is Basil Quark. Quark Grizzly. I am Borkora Voldemar. I will sit. You know, maybe I could like do a contortionist act to get into the circus situation. Because I think I look pretty normal. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I think I need extra. I think I look pretty normal. You're a dragon I agree. and your hair is on fire. What it... Yeah. I, that's normal where I come from. <laughs> Maybe you should hold your tongue, minority. So as um, Soldar and Evegni guide you along a footpath through the underbrush that seems to circumvent the southern wall of Valaki, he says, my line of fathers is that of one of the best wolf hunters in Valaki, and my friend here is no slouch. They are good for fur and meat, but not an easy beast to hunt, and never by night. You could have used you a couple hours ago. Mm -hmm. Yes, you hear that? Never by night. What, what has happened? We killed a whole bunch of wolves. It was crazy. How many? I, I lost count around a dozen. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was like 14. No, fewer than a dozen, you say? 
I think nothing short of the will of Mother Night would have a pack so large fight to the last. You might have expected to see a score of wild men and the rock of Mount Gokus itself come up over the ridge after that. So this is unusual behavior for the wolves in this region? Well, rarely have I encountered a hunting pack so large as that, and never to see them fight to the last. They are usually known to scatter once half their number are depleted. Well, that's concerning. What could make them behave in such a way? They, they say that there are darker things than wolves to haunt these woods. And if the stories are true, then nothing less than a devil resides at the castle. Let me ask you, uh, Strudel was your name, yes. Have you ever found a den of wolves? Perhaps one that overlooks the mountain lake? We are uh, in search of such a thing. And you seem very well acquainted with this uh, Mother Night. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Mother Night is uh, simply what we, what we call the goddess of the night. The wolves, I have never had reason to track them down to their own lairs. They are not difficult to avoid if one is determined to do so, but nor are they difficult to find. Uh, to that end, as you're, as you're walking through these footpaths and you see that many others sort of intersect with them and dip down into the brush, says, these paths are useful when hunting, uh, but if you would take them, keep careful look out as they are easily hidden in the brush and mists. They lead to the hill where the last of the Dusk Elves and the Vistani make their camp. I'm sorry to interrupt. A camp with Dusk Elves and Vistani? Oh yes, there is a hillside nearby here. The Dusk Elves live at the base of the hill, but Vistani will sometimes build their camp atop. Do you, have you had dealings with these people? Oh, on occasion. Could you perhaps introduce us? We are in search of a Dusk Elf living among the Vistani. Well, the Elves of this land, you'll forgive me for saying, are a dour people. They have a low opinion of villagers and no opinion of anything else, it seems. I completely agree with you. I don't know that an introduction from me would serve you well. I understand. They are not hostile towards visitors, but I, I, I don't know that anyone is, would be much of an aid as far as introductions are concerned. Understood. Thank you. So eventually the path opens back up onto a clearing, the wide swath of the Svalich Road. And you see where the palisade sort of veers off to the north around the town. And there is another gate. Praise be. As you approach, you see that the figures within are two pikemen in chainmail and heavy tabards of muted yellow. One seeing your forms emerge through the mist barks out suddenly. All will halt before the gates of Velaki. Praise be to the Lord of Morning and Baron Vargas Valakovich, and all shall be well. All shall be well. Yes, all shall be well. Praise be. As um, the giant hulking burnished dragon man shouts out, all shall be well. Uh, the other guard then is moved to, to shout out, stay back, monsters and forest folk. No servants of the devil strat are welcome within these walls. Soldar and Ivegni immediately detach themselves from the larger group. As Soldar marches right up to the guard behind the gate and he hears, Emmerich, a word. Uh, the two of them have a short, inaudible conversation. So, I am sorry, Court, that you have to hear them call you a monster. I understand that must not change you, but I do not see you as a monster. I see you more as an animal. Oh, honestly, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. And I really, really appreciate that. I really don't understand you people. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> oh, so mutual. So as the, uh, 
two guards start the process of opening up the shuttered and locked gate into the town, Soldar returns to you and he says, so you have been permitted entrance under the understanding that you are companions of the clown. Again, I suggest that you concert your story with him as you are able. Of course, if we see him first, we will advise him to watch out for you. You will see the steeple of the church just ahead. If you have business there, I would approach as soon as you are able. You, would you recommend we head to the church or the clown first? I suppose that is your decision, but I would, I would not feel unwelcome in town. I would also not act rashly when possible. I shall leave it at that. Uh, I believe we should deliver Irene to the church me too. as we were prescribed to do. That sounds good to me. Yes. Uh, this town is larger and busier than the seemingly abandoned Barovia village, but this, of course, is not saying much. Doors and iron-barred windows remain shuttered with talismanic wards hanging from, nailed to, or chalked onto door frames. Figures cloaked against the rain move briskly through the streets, heads down, only spear-wielding town guards stay in one place for more than a few moments. None stop to greet each other, although you perceive that some have noticed you as obvious strangers and are wanting to give you a wide berth. Waterlogged garlands of brightly colored ribbon, flowers, and painted baubles are strung up along the eaves of houses and crisscross the streets high overhead, and their weather-worn cheerfulness eerily juxtaposes the general gloom of the town. I will remind you guys to keep an eye on the chat, as yes, you are easily able to identify the church by its steeple. So inside, uh, it's not very much populated at the moment. Um, there is uh, one man, Father Lucian, whom you take him to be, is a wiry man with a face haggard by worry and a tangle of straw-colored hair. So he approaches you. Uh, more outsiders. How, how can I help you? Blessings of the morning, Lord, upon you. Blessings. I bow in a very contortionist way. Really low. Never have I seen so many outsiders come to Velaki in so short a time, but the Church of St. Andrew is open to all. I am Father Lucian Petrovich. Uh, can I be of any help to you? Got this woman here. She needs protection. Yes, may we introduce the daughter of the burgomaster from the city of, or from the village of Barovia, Irina Koliana? Koliana. Irina Koliana. Um, it, it, is a, it is a pleasure to meet you, miss. Um, and of course, as I say, the church is open to all, but uh, you, say, you say you bring her here needing of protection. Um, I don't mean for a moment to suggest that such would not be granted, but might I ask from what? Run. Well, that is, I freely admit, probably the uh, most off-putting answer you could have given to such a question. <laughs> um, no one, as I said, shall be sent away from St. Andrews, but under the circumstances, I wonder if there are not safer places still in Velaki. The Burgermaster's mansion is heavily guarded. She will be safest there. But if the Baron believes she has drawn Strahd's eye, he might not be willing. If he believes that she's drawn Strahd's eye, would he remove her from the city entirely or simply re refuse his protection? It is difficult to say. The Baron... Perhaps we should lie. Well... I believe it would be best to do a lot of lying while we are here. That hasn't really been a strong point for us so far. I, I of course, as a dedicated servant of the Lord of Mourning... It is not something that I can honestly say I think is the best course of action, but it is true that perhaps herein a wickedness can serve a greater good. 
Jung Kulyanovich might have found since the death of his father, the role of Burgermaster to be a demanding one and one that leaves him without time to care for his sister. And at this moment, Irina bristles at the implication that she requires round the clock supervision, but also understands the nature of this lie. For her benefit, he sends her to live amongst the Lockean relatives. You know, check the wheelwright died a year ago and his wife has been buried these two weeks past. It is unlikely though that news of their deaths would have reached Barovia. Perhaps they were this young woman's uncle and aunts without whom she has nowhere else to go. May I ask how she died these two weeks past? Um, she, she was old age to death. Very scary. But just checking, this is a scary place. So no, she, was a, she was an old she was an old woman. She was an old widow. She died. Good for her, honestly. It seems like everyone else is dying of like wolves and vampires and stuff like that. So good on her. The the point is, is that if a case can be made as to why the young woman has come to Velaki to look for a home, it perhaps need not be said that it is out of fear of the devil's strad. Might we trouble you for a letter explaining this? Say that we, we tried to go there first and then came to you before being directed to him? Um, I, I suppose so, yes. That actually, um, I do have certain pull within the Burgermaster's mansion, but what I can say charitably is that the Baron has a great deal on his mind and, and yes, anything that might help him rest easy and is best for all involved. I'll happily do that. Uh, let me just, I, I shall just go back to my study and I will pen such a letter exactly. At this point, he turns very deliberately to Pebble. And perhaps you, miss, could accompany me into my study while I write such a letter and just make sure that we all understand this story. Can I insight check before I agree? Absolutely. As 15. He's going to kill you. No, he's perfectly <laughs> nice. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would have been amazing. Don't do that to me. <laughs> the impression you get is that he has been dealing with you straight, but yeah, there's something that he specifically wants to say to you and is perhaps not ready for everyone else to hear it yet. Okay, I'll come with you. Uh, father, or hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Putridich, um, might I ask, do you know what the word Argenbost means? I keep hearing it. Is it like a, an honorary title? Like uh, that man's a real Argenbost. It is, it is not a title. It is, um, I would, I would, and, and at this point it's clear that he feels a certain pressure to be very diplomatic with people who are not part of his immediate community. You know, he is choosing his words very, very carefully. Um, that relates to a certain colorful story of the history of this land. It's racist, isn't it? It's racist. It is not. Well, it's racist. I can tell by the look in your face. There are people in this town more suited than me to tell you that story. I would suggest you ask Erwin uh, Martikov, the, the landlord at the Blue Water Inn. I know that that's, uh, that is something with, with which he is intimately familiar. Um, miss, might we go speak? Yes, let's go. Um, guys, we can have some fun with this. You guys want to, uh, you know, we could be on the honor system, but y'all want to turn down your volume and I'll, I'll give you a wave when we're good? Sure. Yeah, sure, I'll just take my headphones off. So exciting. All right. So, um, again, no, he does seem like a very honest middle-aged priest who is perhaps just a little overwhelmed to have the five of you all descending on his church at the same moment. Mm -hmm. So he goes into a very, a very simply furnished little, little writing room, essentially. Uh, there's a couple of, you know, books of theology, simple writing desk. He produces a, uh, you know, a roll of parchment and he begins scribbling a simple, straightforward letter as he does miss... Uh, the people of this land are of deep spirituality, but little religious imagination. Mm -hmm. 
from my own studies in theology, I do believe I recognize upon your shield the symbol of a sea goddess worshipped in distant lands, do I not? Yes, praise be Umberly. Would, would you mind? I'd, I'd love to, to know firsthand what exactly, who is this, this Umberly? <sighs> she, she came into my life later than maybe some who worshipped Umberly. I was traveling on ships as a as a cook just to to get by and to you know make my livelihood and we came upon this incredible storm and it it was a moment of fear in which I I pledged my allegiance to her as the waves crashed around our ship as we sailed and I you know as from the looks of me you can tell not the not the most common person to be pledging allegiance to the water when you see the rest of my complexion which I wish I could hide more um yeah it was it was a moment of fear moment of felt like a moment of weakness in a way but she saved me and at this point it's she's the only reason I'm alive so my my life is dedicated towards turning my my fire into her water interesting uh perhaps as a woman of faith you might agree to pass the night here at the church when darkness falls, we will take in the old, the sick, and lonely who look to the church to keep them safe during the nighttime hours. If you would help me minister to them, it may help raise their spirits and your esteem amongst the townsfolk. That would be lovely. Could my could my friends stay here as well? Um, your companions are, of course, welcome to join you. Mm. Would it would it be bad for them to to join? Uh, could you give me an insight check, real quick? Uh huh. Nineteen. So, um, no, they are welcome to come, but it seems that there's there's more that he hopes to discuss with you in private at some other. Okay. Point. No, no, of course they they are welcome. It's just that at some point he's going to want to pull you aside. Okay, okay. All right. So Father Petrovich um, sees you on your way. He has uh, handed Pebble a letter explaining the intricacies of the lie that you agreed to tell the Baron. And uh, your time, the five of you, is your own. Obviously, having traveled with Pebble so long, I might be a little concerned that she went inside alone with a priest. So as she came out, I was quickly like, do I have to burn down the church? Everything okay? No burning necessary. Um, no, he, we were just, you know, talking godly men to godly women, and it was lovely. That sounded weird. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sound weird. Which god would you like talking about fire? Because he doesn't not like fire worship. I was talking about Umberly, as I always do. Ah, that I know, I know. Poor man. So, um, shall we go see this uh, master of burgers? Or might it be useful to see this clown first? Yeah, we. I, I agree with that. I think it'd be good to, to get our story straight before we head to this guy. Get our whole sack of lies ready before, before we get there. You know, per perhaps, and I'm throwing this out there, perhaps you guys could talk to the clown and I could not. Not because I'm like afraid of clowns or anything. I'm just saying, mm. like, you guys look like you're better at talking to clowns than I am. If I could just not see him, I think that would be a lot better for all of us. Bokoro, we have been over this. The clowns will not hurt you. Circuses are not scary. Why are they dressed like that then? That's I, not fine. That's not how fine people dress. I, you know, sometimes fine people look different in different parts of the world, Vorkoro. You got to open your mind a little bit to the clowns. They can't even walk in those shoes and the pants too big. It's, That's I, true. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not natural. So is the, is the plan then to go to the Blue Water Inn? Yes. Vorkoro, how about this? While we speak to the clown, 
you can talk to the innkeeper about the Argenvoss story. Oh, my bad ways. Yes, I will do that. That sounds better. But still, I think you need to expose yourself to some more clowns. More clowns? You want me to do what? Disgusting. Exposure therapy. I mean, they have little flowers that squirt water. That goes against everything, I believe. Okay, can we please move on here? Vorkoro, deal with this in your own time. Gray smoke issues from the chimney of a large two-story wooden building with a stone foundation and sagging tile roof upon which several ravens have perched. A painted wooden sign hangs above the main entrance depicting a blue waterfall. There's a bunch of crows up there. Good sign, I guess. Hold on a moment here. Does this sound familiar to anyone else? The waterfall? I have heard water before, yes. Was not one of the the fortunes we were given something to do with crows and and waterfalls? Ravens were mentioned. Oh, ravens. Never mind. That was it. Ravens and crows are different animals. You can't, you can't prove that. Canonically, Basil thinks all birds are the same. Basil doesn't believe in birds. <laughs> are we going inside? Yes. Damp cloaks hang from pegs in the entrance portico. The tavern is packed with tables and chairs, with narrow paths meandering between them. A bar stretches along one wall, under a balcony that can be reached by a wooden staircase that hugs the north wall. Another balcony overhangs an entrance to the east. All the windows are fitted with thick shutters and crossbars. Lanterns hang above the bar and resting on the tables, bathe the land in dull orange light and cast shadows upon the walls, most of which are adorned with wolf heads mounted on wooden plaques. There are several other figures in the tap room at the moment. Among them, sitting at one table, are the two wolf hunters, Soldar and Evegni, who sort of give you a gentle nod, as if to say, we don't mean to be rude, but perhaps you shouldn't come speak to us right away. Um, there are a couple of other people as well. Do any of the other people stand out to us? Are any of them wearing grease paint or uh, strangely colored hair that's clearly not their own? Other customers appear to be that, that jump out at you is on his own, a small and lean man wearing a shabby black cloak and a wide-brimmed hat with a crumpled feather stuck in the brim. Uh, two young men, tall and strong and well-dressed, laughing boisterously. In the prime of their youth, they would be attractive, save for a giddy arrogance that is clearly out of step with the cold realities of life for most others in the land. Then there is also a clutch of um, four other people who sort of are who are gathered around a storyteller perched in the corner. He is not so much telling the story as performing the story, occasionally referring to notes in a small leather-bound book. He seems just past middle-aged. A pronounced crease runs down the broad tip of his long nose, and his silver-white hair flies out from his head in all directions. He wears a massive, shapeless coat, looking almost more like an oversized quilt with sleeves, patched and repatched with so many different colors and patterns that it is impossible to discern its original composition. He basically looks exactly like John Hurt in Jim Henson's The Storyteller. <laughs> Must be the clown. Look, she's out. Oh, I'm going to go to the bar. I can't even look at him. Behind the bar are three enormous wooden casks, two with taps. One has purple mash number three, one copper, painted on it in purple lettering. The other, red dragon crush, one silver, painted in scarlet. The third cask is presumably empty as it has no tap but just a dark empty bunghole. Faint traces of yellow gold lettering can be seen beneath a rough coat of paint in a brownish color to match the wood of the cask. Overhead is a slate placard upon which someone has chalked, 
Bed and board, one raven. Wolf steak to order, one raven. Can I flag down the bartender? Should have taken the wolf meat. We could have had a great wolf steak business in this town. <laughs> in the retrospect, yes. Yeah. Behind the bar is a large man with a mane of shaggy black hair streaked with steely gray and a beard to match. Despite his size, he moves with a graceful fluidity. His clothing, while not extravagant, marks him as a successful merchant and landowner in a land where there are few of either. Comes over and he does give you a look as if to say, well, this is new. Yes, sir, and uh, what can I get for you? Hello, are you uh, Erwin Martikov? I am Erwin Martikov. Welcome to the Blue Water Inn. Welcome to Balaki. Um, thank you. I would love a little bit of uh, dragon drink uh, and a little bit of wolf steak. Uh, and if you would be willing to have a talk with me, um, I would like to ask you a few questions and I would be happy to pay for your answers. Um, well, I don't know that there's any need for that. If there's anything I can tell you, I happily will. In the meantime, yes, I am proud to, we are proud to offer Red Dragon Crush here. It is a local vintage. Um, and a wolf steak together will come to six silver pieces. Uh, I will hand that over. Um, I've, I've been told you are a bit of a storyteller, uh, are you not? Well, since our, since our friend here has been staying at the inn, he gestures to the man in the corner. I don't know that I'm the one to go to for a story or entertainment, but as I said, I know a little bit about these lands, and I'm happy to share what I know with Outlanders. You tell a great Argenvoss story? Perhaps you'd like to tell me your Argenvoss story. Yes, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me to think that you've heard that name by now. Well, well, our histories tell that when Von Zarovich brought his army from distant shores to conquer this domain. It was defended by a fraternal order of knights, and they were founded by one called Argenvost, who is known better today by the epithet the Dragon Knight. So far, I like his story. Well, well, that's sort of it. Uh, you know oh, how okay. old... I mean... So there, there was this great heroic knight who was a dragon. Okay, well, cool. Well, well, you know how these stories go. Uh, today we speak of a dragon knight or a knight who was a dragon, but this comes from an earlier tale of a knight who rode a dragon or a warrior who had the blood of the dragon. But the true story might be nothing more than the first soldier who thought to paint a dragon on his shield. I mean, this is a this is a very old tale, and uh, there's very, a, very a little... wise soldier who understood what a cool sigil looks like. You know what? I like this. Cool. Argenvoss. I'm taking it back. Thank you. Uh, well, perhaps what you should know then, uh, before you before you you claim this as as your title, you you might be interested if you were looking for more information. Again, I only know the story as it was told to me. To the west, there is a ruined house. That, I mean, really, a, a castellated manor, and it's said to be haunted by the spirits of the knights who fell to Strahd's conquering host. And the mansion is called Argenvostholt for presumably its architect and the leader of the order. Um, I don't know if much else is to be learned there, but again, it doesn't surprise me to think that this name has been said in your presence. So while he's doing that, can the rest of us listen in on this story and try to talk to the clown once he's finished? Sure. So the clown, yes, he is sort of in the middle of, of really performing a story, which seems to be... Let's have, let's have some fun with this. <laughs> he's telling a story about how on his travels at one point he met a pair of conjoined goblins um, whom he used to perform with in his circus days. And as that story comes to an end, the other, the other patrons sort of shuffle away, leaving him available for you to approach him. 
And what did the hunter say his name was? Rictavio. Rictavio. Um, Basil's going to head up to him and stick out his hand for a handshake, introduce himself. Hello, good sir. I, I greatly enjoyed your story. I've, I've heard quite a bit about you from uh, some friends we just made in this town. Oh, have you now? Well, that's very nice to hear. Yes, the, the town seems very excited to have you as, as their performer. Oh, I don't know about that. At least I wouldn't want to assume, but, uh, well, at any rate, you are well met. Listen, I, I hate to do this right on the first meeting, but my name is Basil Quark, and I have a favor to ask of you. Yes, let's hear it. My companions and I are traveling to this town to escort this young woman to safety. And, well, as you may have noticed, we stand out a little bit. Mm. Yes, it, uh, it was an unfortunate loss of direction that led me to this mountain lock. I have been most welcome at the Blue Water Inn, but have come to realize that this cloud-clad valley is subject to a strange topographical quirk that makes it easy to find, but hard to leave behind. So what can I do to aid you in your travels here? Just for the ease of our, our stay in Velaki, we'd hoped that you might permit us to tell people that we are a part of your troop, that we are the rest of your circus joining up with you, so that our somewhat odd appearances don't raise any more suspicion. Well, to be sure, as a show of camaraderie shared by all pilgrims and wanderers, I'll gladly enter into your conspiracy as best I can and aid you in your crimes against the state. That's not quite how I would put it, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. Well, there's something about the people of this town, and you know. Uh, I'm not quite sure I do. What are you referring to? Well, by and large, seeming to be good-hearted people, but with a strange need to feel afraid. And not having enough to fear from the woods and mountains around us, they seek or even invent things here in town to be afraid of. Well, and here's such rumors. The past week, a horror of witches hiding among the townsfolk. I imagine the Baron would love to make something of that, but for the moat in his own eye, you know. No, once again, I, I don't think I do. Purple flashes of light have been emanating from his attic windows. Now, in my time, I've seen all manner of things, a peanut stand to a rubber band. A few purple lights are no great stretch of fancy for me, but in a place like this, such a sight might push rumor right into hysteria. Purple lights from the Baron's house? Hmm. Huh. Pebble, do you, does that mean anything to you? No. But it is weird. What are the rumors surrounding these purple lights? What do the town folk believe? Well, I don't know that they believe much. I mean, frankly, I can speak to these lights for I have seen them myself at night. But uh, again, few are wont to travel the streets by night, so I don't know that many know of them. And what do you make of these lights then? Well, an outsider such as yourself, I'm not sure there's much I want to make of them. Now, as I'm sure you've known already, it seems to me that a companion of yours has already befriended the good Erwin Martikov, noble man and a lovely barkeep and lovely, lovely host. You might want to speak to him first. I feel of all the people I've met here in Velaki, he is the most comfortable really speaking his mind. Of course, he's one of the few who's really in a position to do so. Uh, we will we'll follow up that advice. Thank you. And, and thank you for, as you put it, entering into a conspiracy. I'm always up for a caper. <laughs> Before we go, I have one last question. What is this festival that they seem to be putting on that you seem to be here to perform for? Oh, I'm not here for a festival. At least, that's not why I'm here. I came here now, let's see, that was six festivals ago. You've been here for quite some time. Oh, no, just a month. I'm sorry, they have six festivals in the span of a month? Yes. What are, what are they celebrating? Oh, 
this most recent one was, uh, what do they call it now? Uh, the Wolf's Head Jamboree. Yes, you might have seen uh, wolf heads on pikes. I believe they were posted outside the town gates. So off-putting. Doesn't scream festival or celebration. You know, it's a local custom, I suppose. Before that was the procession of coffins. <laughs> it sounds somehow <laughs> worse. I can't speak to all the festivals that have happened recently. Just the last six, which, as I say, occurred in the last month. Again, uh, my understanding is good Martikov has lived here all his life. He could probably speak to that a great deal better. I understand that as newcomers to town, you would want to learn everything you can, but uh, wouldn't do to go around repeating it just yet. So I, I prefer not to, having only recently arrived myself. That is fair. Um, so if you are not here for the festival, what are you here for? Oh, well, as I said, just sort of, just sort of traveling through for the moment. And um, well, I must say it is a strange place. And uh, it is, it is a, a, what can only be described as a quirky populace. I find that I am enjoying it. And I find that I am uh, very interested in the things that I have learned. Although as of yet, not that I mean to be uncooperative, but I'm not quite prepared to repeat everything I've heard just yet. Can I insight check him or something to see if there's a like a reason that he won't leave or can't leave? Um, you know what? Yeah, let's, let's see where that goes. <laughs> just seems kind of like he's he's stuck there in a way. Well, I got a ten, so you have no reason to doubt a single word. Right. He said. Love it. Yeah. Can I can I make an insight check specifically about him, like his arrival here? He said he kind of just wandered in and wanted this no. I wonder if there's a more specific reason. Okay. Or if he's holding anything back for that. Uh, you know what? I don't get to know. I got a three. <laughs> no, you trust him even, even more than before you thought to wander. This man is a man of truth. Always said he can always trust a yeah. clown. I know Vokoro thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll bid him adieu and join Vokoro at the bar. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about Erwin Mardikov. Shall we? And as we shall. you look at this man behind the bar, um, you also come to realize that certain other figures around, including a uh, woman who seems to be clearing away empty beakers and two young children who are just playing like little rascals, are clearly his family who live and work here at the tavern with him. Adorable. Yeah, very adorable. Hey guys, I learned that the uh, Argon box is a good one. Um, also, this wolf steak is extra delicious. It might be because I was attacked by wolves twice in the last 24 hours, but <laughs> it's super great. And this uh, this dragon stuff, it's alcoholic. So, you know. Uh, did you guys learn anything from the person? Yes, I believe we've made a new friend here. Ugh, anyway, shall we continue on? Um, I believe we have a few questions for your friend Martikov before we do. Oh, yeah, sure. Marty, my friends want to speak to you. Okay, well, A, he really didn't like being called Marty. You can tell that. <laughs> Second, you get the distinct impression that he overheard your less than stellar review of his wine. Um, so he does, in, in the sense that this is his business, he does not refuse to come over. But as he does come over, he does not address Orkoro directly at all, but rather to the three of you, again, introduces himself. Well met, I'm Erwin Martikov. Welcome to the Blue Water Inn and to Velaki. How can I help you? We, uh, we just made a an acquaintance with your storyteller over there. And we, well, he turned us to you to answer a few more of our questions, such as the amount of festivals this town seems to have put on, at least in the last month, perhaps beyond that, strikes us as odd. And the themes. The themes also strike us as odd. He, he gives you a knowing smile. Um, 
Velaki has endured at least one festival every week for the past several years. Some believe that the constant stream of celebration keeps the devil's strahd at bay, but I think most consider them dismal and pointless affairs. Yeah, the, the procession of coffins, I feel like, isn't a great way to celebrate the, the devil away. I'm sorry, say that again? The procession of what? Co coffins for coral. Like a parade, the parade of death. Yes, that's what it seems. Those who speak ill of the festivals are declared by the Baron to be in league with Strahd and arrested, sometimes thrown in the stocks, some imprisoned in the mansion where they can be purged of their evil, so. No one's speaking ill here. These festivals sound great, don't they, guys? When's the next coffin parade? Well, the Baron has decreed that the Festival of the Blazing Sun will be held in the town square in three days. So are they just making these up as they go, or is there like a calendar that, we, that you follow? Uh, hey, you know, Basil, perhaps you could reword what you're saying so it doesn't sound like you're speaking ill. I am simply an outsider trying to learn the new customs. I mean no disrespect. Erwin Mardikov leans down to Basil and says, I personally feel no sense of disrespect from the idea that you might not be very interested in attending one of these festivals. You do not need to worry about saying any such thing to me. There is... I shall be blunt. There is little love for the Baron here in town, but great fear of his henchmen. Isaac Strozny has a history of violence, and for fear of him, people will gladly put up with the Baron's unique leadership style. What kind of violence are you speaking of? And please define unique leadership. If you choose to stay in town, particularly for the festival, I think that that will become apparent. Not much is to be gained in being overheard talking of Isaac Strozny behind his back, by the way. Not much I know, really, for that matter, either. I suppose you might ask Father Petrovich. He's loath to gossip, but if you deal straight, he might could tell you more than I know about Isaac. But again, if you remain in town for very long, undoubtedly you will cross paths. Well, we are headed to see the Baron after we leave here, so is it of your opinion that he is not an ally worth seeking here? The Baron? No, I think he's a great ally, totally worth <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? If you think you have a chance at gaining his allyship, I don't know that you could afford to turn it down. This is as diplomatically as I can put it. You might come to find that having him as an ally is trying, but still certainly preferable to having him as an enemy. Well, we'll keep that in mind. Is, is Isaac the name of the Baron or is that someone else? I'm. That's his henchman. Oh, okay, sorry. The guards refer to him as Baron Vargas Velikovich. I mean, so I'm worried about this Baron situation now, though, um, because of the purple lights. I, I believe I have a plan for that. What is your plan? Purple lights? Oh, yeah, you weren't, you weren't a part. We, we learned some weird stuff, but very vague about some purple lights coming out of the Baron's attic or something. Actually, that was one thing we were meant to ask uh, Mr. Martikov about. Uh, sir, bef before we do head out, we've heard some rumors about purple lights coming from the Baron's home at night. Have you have you heard of such a thing? I have not, and to that end, I would not perhaps be so free to repeat such a rumor, even if it turned out to be true. Mm -hmm. Again, rumors very quickly take on a life of their own in a town like this. Something I'm sure you've you've come to learn by now is that you know in this land we're taught from a very young age to quite impeccable with our word. Of course, we, we were simply told that if anyone knew anything, you were the person to ask. 
Well, on that front, no, I'm sorry. I cannot help you. Can I inside check him to see if he knows what we're talking about and but just won't tell us? Sure. It's a 26. No, he doesn't. He's a good guy. Well, I know he's a good guy, <laughs> but sometimes you have reasons that you don't want to talk about stuff. No, you, you, you feel like he's pretty, okay. pretty honest. Curse of Strahd, a.k.a. insight check. The yeah, game. for real. Uh, ba- Basil, do you want to share your, maybe as we're walking, share your purple light uh, avoidance plan? Uh, sorry, sorry, quick question. If you're going directly to the Burgermaster's Mansion, are you bringing Irina with you? Assuming she wants to go, I guess, yeah. yeah. Or if she'd rather stay at the church, I guess that feels up to her. You understand either way. It's your call, you know. I, I think I think you should come with us, Irina. I'm pretty sure we're not going to abandon you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll head out. Um, and just, I want to wait till we are with, out of your shot of anyone. So it's not so much an avoidance plan as a, as a detection one. I can cast detect magic as a ritual and try to suss out anything going on in this mansion that's not quite above board. Okay, that's a good plan. I like it. That actually sounds yeah. like a good idea. Bezel's just immediately so happy that people like this <laughs> idea. Um, right. oh yeah, so I, as close to the mansion as we can get without being in obvious eyesight of anyone, I want to take the time to cast the, the ritual. It's it's sort of pretty easy to, to find what must be the Burgermaster's mansion as you sort of work your way along the town's high street. You, you see guards with more and more frequency until you see that quite a few are clustered around a very large house. Uh, the mansion has walls of plastered stone that display many scars where the plaster has fallen away from age and neglect. Drapes cover every window, including a large arched opening above the mansion's double entrance doors. Okay. Um, from when I cast the ritual, how long does it take us to get to the mansion? Not long. At, like, again, depending on what this... I, I mean, is there a concern that the, the reality of you casting this ritual is going to attract unwanted attention? Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like casting magic in this town it would be frowned upon. And the... After casting it, it, it detect magic lasts for ten minutes. So it's a the the town is sort of dense enough that you know you can find a little side street or something where you can sort of duck behind, out of sight. Okay. Um, with this spell cast, I can sense the presence of magic within thirty feet. Uh, I can use my action to see a faint aura on any visible creature object that has magic, and the Bell senses penetrate most barriers, but are blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay. I'm sorry, what was the total radius? Uh, 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay. So yeah, just uh, anytime I get like a, a come within 30 feet, I guess I get a ping, and then I can use an action to like see the aura of what is causing me to sense it. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you say something's gonna be interesting, I don't know if that's either it's either gonna be bad for you or bad for us. And it's rarely in between. Either way, it'll be fun. Okay. So so yes, yeah, so you're you're able to cast that ritual um out of sight of the guards who are standing out before the massive front doors of the Burgermaster's mansion. All right. So uh what do we think, gang? We just do we just go knock on the door? Yeah. Who who should be I think Basil, you should be our front man because you're the most normal looking and somehow of the group the most charismatic <laughs> i don't think i am the most charismatic i'm not but, charismatic uh, one bit i'm as charismatic as fire uh, 
That doesn't sound so charismatic. Yeah, I think he means that to be very charismatic, though. It, it keeps you warm. It keeps you warm and cooks your food. That's pretty fucking charismatic. None of those things have anything to do with charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I guess I find Basil will <laughs> go up and knock on the door. I mean, I'll stand next to you. I just, it's nice to have like a person to. Yeah, just mechanically uh, metagaming here for a moment. Anytime we want to make a charisma check, I don't, Basil's not the one we want oh, doing it. Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I have a minus one, so I'm, I'm also not the person to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm neutral here. Do I seriously have the most with a plus? Yeah, oh, by far. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> we're pretty lame group uh, personality-wise, I guess. <laughs> or at least we're very off-putting, which makes sense. Yourself. I feel like that tracks. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Bezel is smart, but that's about it. He brings nothing else to the table. Wise, stupid, and not charismatic. Book smart. <laughs> yeah, book smart. You're correct. Um, all right, yeah, so I... I guess still Basil up front, uh, knock on the door, whatever is the, the protocol here, talking to the guards, maybe. So um, there are two guards standing right outside the doors. It looks like some others are sort of coming and going. Well, it looks like it's been a very busy day that a lot of people have come and gone from the mansion in this day. Um, one of them with the spear sort of first lowers it towards you until the other then whispers uh, something into his ear and then you know, they're not overly welcoming, but it seems that word of your arrival has gotten around to the point where they are not completely flabbergasted to see you. What's your business then? We were sent here by Father Petrovich. We have a letter uh, asking the Baron for aid. I pull the letter from my bag and hold it. Might I see it? Sure. Hand it to me. So the two guards sort of skim the letter um, and look at each other kind of confusedly. The Baron should definitely see this. Uh, Perhaps you'd be good enough to come inside and, and you can wait while we go find him or while he is found at least. Of course. Uh, as soon as I leave, Pebble, did you read that letter after he wrote it? Can't say that I did. No, guys, I don't look human and I'm really thinking I should stay out here. Uh, so you guys go ahead. I really don't think we should yeah, split up. Yeah, let's stay together. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I was there when he wrote it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't mean, read it. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Let's do this. Oh, oh, what did this what did this priest write? Pebble, this is on Yeah, you. that makes oh, sense. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so the one guard opens up the front door. Uh, there are two more guards standing just inside, and he hands uh, one of them the letter and mutters, uh, you know, uh, bring this to the Baron, before the door sort of swung open and uh, the two of you are ushered into the entrance hall. Framed portraits adorn the walls of this grand foyer which features a wide staircase with a sculpted railing. A long carpeted hall attached to the foyer stretches almost the length of the mansion and has several doors leading away from it, including one at the far end. Bundles of twigs are heaped against the walls. Um, one of the two guards standing inside immediately hustles up the stairs while the other says, please won't you wait for the Baron in the den? And he sort of leads you from the foyer into that long transverse corridor. So I two two things for me. One, mm -hmm. uh, how is how is everybody looking? Not like good. If, if this turns into a fight, like I know we haven't taken a rest since those wolves, and I know I'm uh, bloodied. Little, little resources. Oh damn! You, you should you should like have a level of exhaustion or something too, huh? <laughs> I mean, perhaps we should have stayed longer at that bar. Yeah, I'm I'm regretting a lot of my choices. All right, let's see how this goes oh, down. God. This is death saves. Oh no. 
Yeah, don't tell me you want me to do this to the letter. No, you're doing <laughs> it. We it's fucked you. up. You. I fucked up. Oh wait, we we all fucked up by not. This is like resting. a BDSM session. We're gonna complain a little bit, but we like it. I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't consider how much danger we were potentially walking into here. I, well, um, I listen in character. I am whispering to everyone. Listen, I thought religious people are supposed to be perfect and trustworthy. Oh, am I wrong? My second question. Uh, while we're taking this little tour, mm-hmm. anything pinging my my spidey senses? Yes. Okay, use my action. What is pinging these spidey sets? So you don't really know what because it is coming from about between 20 and 30 feet in the air above you. So it's beyond at least one level of floor, possibly going as high as the attic. Where the purple looks. Okay. You're sensing, you're honestly not sure. You feel like it might be conjuration magic, but like you have to want to believe. Okay. There's something dramatically off about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna whisper this to the, the rest of the group. The guard who has led you down the corridor takes you to the first door on the right. There are windows in this room that we're in, right? Padded chairs and couches line the walls of this cozy carpeted den. The room reeks of pipe smoke, and mounted on the east wall is a head of an angry-looking brown bear. There is one window. It has iron bars on it. Okay, so there's no jumping out the window when this goes south. Got it. Guys, look, I, I understand this idea that we want to burn to, to the ground, but does it look like this guy wants to burn this place to the ground? Because there's like these, seriously, there's, there's tinder, there's bundles of tinder, like, against the walls. Should I burn this place to the ground? No, you, should de- you definitely shouldn't burn this place to the ground, but I am also getting the sense that he wants something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he's asking for it, exactly. No, that's, that's well, not what I said. There's the festival about the sunfire thingy, so maybe it's for that. Right, sure, okay. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, if we need to burn this place down, after work has already Marco, been done. I want you to do this thing where... Back pocket, if we need to. Every time you think the answer is to burn something down, immediately the answer is no, it's not that. So just work on that thought process. You, you don't know that. His, uh, his thing is tingling. In all our years together, has you burning something down to the ground turned out well? No, it depends. It, I think the answer is no, objectively. The door swings open and enter a bear of a man, broad-chested and broader-bellied, his greasy, stringy hair glistening in the lamplight. He wears a silk tunic and a large breastplate hangs on his sloping shoulders. Unfastened as it was clearly made for a man of the baron's size, but not his proportions. Between his thumb and forefinger, he is holding by the corner the sheaf of paper that was presented to the guard. <clears throat> so, you are the rumored outlanders in my barony. The gates of Balaki are slow to open to strangers. You are not unwelcome here, but sorrow has no place within our walls. <laughs> we mean to spread no sorrow. We are here simply. Excellent. Excellent. Mirth is our best defense against the evil both beyond the walls and within the town. <laughs> Those who would oppose me or stop to the good cheer of all loyal Valachians is sure to deliver us from the devil. <laughs> we suffer no malicious unhappiness at the hands of outlanders or monsters. Gloom will not be tolerated. That is perfectly understood, good Baron. <laughs> misery gets dissent, and dissent begets misery. A vicious cycle, I agree. You shall walk the streets of Valaki without fear, but know this. 
If the people are plagued by any witchery, devil magic, or thoughts of woe, your lives will pay the forfeit of the peace. Wait, like if any people are? Like if anybody at all in the town? Anyone. Is anyone, even if we're not around them. Mine is an ancient title, and a proud and noble family. It has been my duty to protect these townsfolk from the horrors of the Svalich woods and the devilry of Count von Zorovich. Lesser men would have buckled under the weight of such a task. But I have ensured that all shall be well in Velaki. By now he's dropped the piece of paper, which is just sort of fluttered to the ground. And it becomes quite clear that he didn't actually read it as he turns to you with a look as if to say, so what the fuck do you want? Can I walk over and pick up the paper? Yes. <laughs> As I said, our, our purpose here is twofold. We were journeying to join up with uh, the good storyteller who has recently visited your village. We are members of his, of his troop, and while on this travel, we were hired to transport our good friend Irina here into the safety of your village, specifically to well, your care after we unfortunately discovered that her relatives had not survived. What? What, this girl? She is not of noble birth. I accept no obligation to her welfare. She is welcome to put up at the inn or seek refuge at the Church of St. Andrew. I know her nothing. No, of course you owe her nothing, Great Bear. But we spoke to the Church of St. Andrew, and as she is the, the daughter of the Burgomaster from Barovia... You there, dragon creature! You have not been given permission to wander the halls of my house. I am not wandering the halls. I'm just walking around the room, I apologize. Now, again, who is this young woman that I should care so deeply for her welfare? She is the daughter of the Burgomaster of Barovia. And? I owe the children of Indrovich nothing. No, of course I not. I I do not concern myself with the needs of the peasantry. It was suggested to us by the father of the Church of St. Andrew that you would be the strongest and wisest option for us to seek refuge for her. Give me some kind of a uh, charisma check. Can I help him by like nodding emphatically and looking, you know, religious and stately? Yeah, sure. Go ahead and make that at advantage. All right. Well, it's helpful because this is just a straight roll. Actually, do I have any? Hang on. Oh, I do. Actually, hang on. I, I do have a uh, proficiency in persuasion. Excellent. Okay. All right. That's something. Ooh. Thank you, Camille, for the assist because that's a dirty 20. Young lady, I have remembered myself. The Baroness is without a lady-in-waiting for these past. She left rather abruptly, caused a dreadful inconvenience. If you think you are equal to the task, the post is yours, and as follows, bed and board within my manor. Irina, what do you think of this? This, this was the goal, was for me to find some place safely away from Barovia and Castle Ravenloft. That has been accomplished. And it is not my ambition to cause more trouble for anyone that has already been done. I came here out of consideration for the safety of the people of my village that has been achieved. That I should get to live and have the safety of living in a mansion, even as a servant, is frankly more than was ever promised. Okay. And if you, if you find this amenable, then we are happy to, to leave you here and keep our eyes peeled for anything better. You know where to find me, I suppose. We, we will be here at least a day longer if you find time to get out of the mansion. Come see us at the church and 
Tell us if anything feels off to you. I I imagine I will. At this point, by now, um, the Baron has pulled a little bell pull um, and spoken with the servant beyond the door, and it looks like now Baroness Lydia has entered the room, and he says to her, My dear Lydia, it appears that I have been fortunate enough to find for you a new lady-in-waiting. I assume that she will be to your satisfaction. The Baroness is a well-proportioned woman of stunning beauty, but a beauty with a strange, hollow artificiality, and there's a look in her eyes that might be mild stupidity or benign madness. Can we insight check which of those two it is? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious about this one. Uh, that's an 11 for me. I had dirty 20. Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she just sort of gives some sort of vague, nondescript gesture, accepting Irina as her new lady's maid. And that seems to be good enough for the Baron. Cool. Okay. Well, good Baron, thank you. We are in your debt, and we will now take our leave to rejoin our companion. If you remain within the town of Vilaki, you are invited to join us for the Festival of the Blazing Sun. Of course, if you do not remain in the town of Vilaki for the Festival of the Blazing Sun, one will be moved to wonder what your motives in this land are, that you did not wish to participate in our revelry. We love to revel. Yes, might, might we inquire what this festival is specifically celebrating? What about the blazing sun? It's celebrating the blazing sun. Of course. I, I, I apologize for such a foolish question. Sounds great. I can't wait to watch things burn. And if, if you have no further use for us, we shall be on our way. No, I have no use for you whatsoever. Now, I am an incredibly busy man. Maybe you need stuff fixed around the house, no, the basement, the attic, maybe. Are you criticizing my ancestral home? Not at all. That it is in need of anything? Not in the least. It looks great. I love the holes. It is an incredibly elegant home. Everyone says so. Always. That's what I was saying, too. Like, it's like Swiss cheese. It's beautiful. We're going to go now. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Let's move out of here. Irina, we will see you again, I'm sure. Okay, it is not hard to exit the house. Um, but yeah, there are sufficient guards around that sneaking upstairs is not impossible, but ambitious and will probably require bloodshed. Yeah, as someone in big clunky armor, pass. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible because I know how Joe handled these situations. So <laughs> will require bloodshed. I do not think it was a good idea to leave her there, but I know no one shall listen to me and no one is going to let me burn this place to the ground. So I guess we move on, yes? Yes. Well, I think we're, st also, as soon as we get outside, Badler just kind of like drops to his knees like, oh, oh, I was. Can I? Oh, I was so sure we were gonna Yeah, die. can I look at the letter and read it? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, the letter was totally above oh, okay. board. The Baron elected not to read it. Why does it feel that every time we get the most scared, it's us spinning ourselves into knots? Like between this and the gargoyles on the bridge, it feels like Barovia, where nothing is <laughs> as it seems. Unless it is as it seems, and then we just panic. That was the thing about the bridge was like maybe they're gonna come to life. We all know you're gonna cross the bridge. Just yeah, <laughs> so true. Figure out your marching order and go. Well, I so the 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 festival's in three days, two days. The festival is in three days. You were okay. told. So I kind of want to stay. Yes, it feels like we uh, will be shooting ourselves in the foot to say if we if we leave. Yeah. And I think we should rest. 
I'm, I'm a little worried that they're going to burn someone alive. Has no one else thought of that? Because I've burned a lot of things I, in my life. I was going to say, isn't that, isn't that something you'd be in favor of? You wanted nothing but to burn this entire time. I, everything has been an inanimate object. <laughs> inanimate objects with people in them. You know what? I have to storm off. I am very offended. I'm very offended. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm interrupting because at this point, I feel like I have an obligation to remind you that an ambition to burn down the mansion would also, by extension, kill Irina. <laughs> that is the situation you now find yourself in. No, no, no I, yeah, look, I, I get that. I'm not saying I'm okay. going to burn down the mansion. And look, I'm just saying that when Rokoro talks about burning down places, he never considers people inside and always imagines that those people will get out, okay? So oh. the idea, like, it is not he is not cool with the idea of just like burning people alive. And for you guys to imply that, super offensive. That's all I'm saying. Is he like just leaving? Where's he going? I, I am going. I'm going to, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm offended and I'm going to storm off. He's just stormy in circles, so he doesn't actually get too far. <laughs> I mean, actually, Alex, if it's all right, I'm probably going to storm around town and maybe investigate slash look at things yeah i mean we can talk about what else is going on in town i also would like to imagine this whole time cork is just so upset to be in a city that he's sort of like catatonic and just like frozen <laughs> it's very uncomfortable for cork for sure. <laughs> Honestly, cork has been quiet yeah. today and that, that checks out <laughs> so from where you are near the mansion you know that if you were to head back out onto the high road there was what looked like a like a town square right there. I, I want to take a, a nice little four-hour trance before I do anything else. I'm storming around the Balaki by myself. So sure, let's check out this town square. Anybody joining Gorkoro? Um, I'll go with him and I want to be doing a sort of urban foraging expedition to see if I can find some uh, foods to cook with. That is going to prove ambitious. Um, as you're walking around, you get the sense that there's not a whole lot of... Uh, retail establishments. There's a lot of what looks like sort of craftsman shops, woodworkers, joiners, um, ironmongers. Not no storefronts, but few. Um, and it looks like, yeah, there is a square that you could go check out, but um, you kind of maybe get the impression that the Blue Water Inn is kind of the hub of social life. Also, if you wanted to get more specifically sort of an idea, if anybody wants to, do we still have well, like, give me an investigation roll so I can give you a quick rundown of nearby. While they're doing this, can I return to the church to take a little four-hour meditation and then ask the priest for some parchment? So I'm going to tell you right now, he is uh, more than happy to comply. Great. All right. So first, let's talk about the town square. The shops and homes that enclose the town square are decorated with limp, tattered garlands and painted wooden boxes filled with tiny dead flowers. At the north end of the square stands a row of stocks locked in which are several men, women, and children wearing crude plaster donkey heads. In the center of the square, peasants in patchwork clothes eye you suspiciously as they use cups and vases to draw water from a crumbling stone fountain. Standing tall at the center of the fountain is a gray statue of an impressive man facing west. All around the square are posted proclamations. Come one, come all to the greatest celebration of the year, the Wolf's Head Jamboree. Attendance and children required. Pikes will be provided. All will be well. 
and then the Baron's signature. Uh, I'm immediately going to go over to the people and children in the stocks. So yes, so there are... I, I would be removing the donkey heads from the children in the stocks. Uh, so yeah. Oh, I really regret that Basil's not here to yell at him. <laughs> so as you remove, it's a plaster donkey head, bear in mind. It's not an actual hollowed out flesh. No, I, I got that, but I couldn't think of, like, I'm still taking it off these kids' heads. They, they're in stocks. As you pull the plaster head off of the first child, who's probably a, a young man about 12, 13 years old, you hear him say, in, in a voice that's more resigned than upset, please put it back. Of course. It's not worth the trouble. What, what have you done? What, why, why are you wearing this jackass? I got in trouble with, with Isaac Strasny. Please put it back or we'll both be in even more trouble. I'd rather just get the day over with. What did you do, child? You, you, sh- you do not deserve this. He clearly doesn't really care if he deserves it or not. He's just... How many children are there? There's probably only him and, and one other. When I say children, I mean like tweens. I'm taking no, off all the I... Stop, Bokoro, listen. You hey. are okay with this? You see a, a, a tide of yellow as a coterie of town guards start moving into the square towards you. Leading the Valachian guard is a tall and broad man, his head shaved, with heavy brows are hanging a grim face. He wears a fur-lined cloak over leather armor that has been reinforced with metal studs and bands. He holds a massive battle axe in a monstrous oversized hand, rutted and pitted with dark barbs and long razor sharp claws. Put the heads back on the tweens. You are okay with this? Listen, Vercoro, we got, we got some other things to deal with. We have this guy now, and I just watched that guy with that really, the, the wide brimmed hat, he's followed us. He saw us outside the mansion and he's walked with us here. Do you see him? Do, do I see him if I look? Like, she's not talking about the clown. Small. Who is this man? Small man with the Wybram hat? You saw him in the. I, I yes, definitely you did. mentioned him. You saw him. In, he's in the tavern. Well, in the meantime, this gentleman who you see before you now has approached the two of you. Who are these outlanders who disturb the peace in Velaki? We have. I apologize. I did not mean to disturb any peace. I, I am new to this place. I'm a clown. Then you are being ordered to replace the head. These heads. Or coral. Where do they go? I, I don't want to mess up. Where do they go? Just put them on. Vercoro knows what he's being asked to do. May I ask why these lovely children are wearing... That the... is not your concern nor your business. You are being requested to comply with the law as a courtesy to a new arrival in town. May I ask how long these children will be in the stocks wearing a donkey head? You may ask, but you are not entitled to a response. I give you one more warning. Looking back on the children, very hard to swallow my anger. Inform your companions that devil worshippers and witches will find no quarter in this town. Anyone who stands against the Baron or shields those who would will be dealt with. Make no mistake. Yeah, we understand. Um, could I do like a, I don't know, an intelligence, insight, whatever role to try and figure out what the fuck is up with that guy's hand? Sure. 
What should I roll? It's kind of up to you if you want to make it um, in investigation, maybe, or I, I mean. I'll do, I'll do insight. Okay. And that is uh, 11. You have no idea, but it scares the crap out of you. Um, you've, as you have pointed out, you've seen a lot and you've heard a lot of stories. I don't know that you've ever heard of anything quite like this. Well, the, the jackass heads have been replaced and I would start walking away from the box. He continues to stare at you both with this very look on his face, not like aggressively, not trying to goad you into doing anything, but just making it very clear you are being watched. Meanwhile, the other guards who were in his company are replacing all of the posted proclamations with new ones. Can we see what the new ones are? Or? The new ones say, come one, come all, to the greatest celebration of the year, the festival of the blazing sun, attendance and children required, rain or shine, all will be well, signed by the Baron. XOXO. Oh, is it Baron? <laughs> That's definitely not the tone, but yeah. <laughs> once, once me and Pebble were far enough away, I would be asking her about the person she was following us. Like, are they still there? Pebble, could you give me, or either one of you, could you give me a proper uh, perception yep. roll? Sure. 16. Seven, so she's better than that. Yeah, you like just catch him as he's like, you just see him as he sort of disappears around a corner. He went that way. Let's let's follow him. Yeah, let's do this. Is, do we need to roll something? Is, is Cork with them or is he with me in the church? I'm with you. Because he's with you. Okay. They stormed off. She followed him and he stormed off. So Alex, while they're chasing their interloper, um, yes, let's go back to you guys for a moment. Yeah, so I I want to I want to take a take my rest, recover, and as part of my my downtime, I want to take the parchment that the the priest gave us, and from memory, I want to start creating a map. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. That, ooh. That's. I don't know how I want to handle that. I don't know if we're <laughs> doing something like that. So it's a really interesting idea, and I'm not going to tell you you can't do it. But I, I don't know if you have any thoughts already as to how you think that should play out in terms of gameplay. My keen mind feat tells me oh, I always know which way is north, and I can accurately recall anything that I've seen or heard within the past month. Oh, so then yeah, you should be able to do that to at least uh, create a map that would, at the very least, serve you to remember major landmarks and their approximate distance from. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's going to be like perfectly to scale. But I just I kind of want to like just. As we explore this place, start charting our own, my own map, and so we can keep track of things. Excellent. Okay. So, are you like resting? You're just you're just trancing. I can because I'm an elf. I can take a long rest in four hours. Um, are we going to long rest for everyone ultimately? I assume people are going to long rest for the night <laughs> if they don't want to before. But yeah, I I'm going to pull Vorkoro aside and say that he's not. Oh, sorry, not not Vorkoro. Cork. Same sound. Not at all. Fort I'm Corco. done. Um, <laughs> for Corco. <laughs> Their ship name. It's a ship name. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to pull Cork aside and be like, look, as much as I hate to admit it, I, I think Vorkor has a point. This this place does feel suspicious, and I would like to rest up and undertake a stealth mission tonight. See if I can get uh, some eyes on that purple glow. I think that's a good idea. No one should be having this many festivals. It doesn't make any sense. I agree. There's there's really not this much to celebrate anywhere, let alone here. No, it really seems like they're reaching for some of these things. Like the sun, that's there every day. I mean, you haven't since you got here. That's mm. Honestly, that makes it even weirder that they're celebrating something that they've probably never seen. It's very true. So my my plan is to, to rest up now and then in the evening 
uh, reconfigure my armor into stealth mode and cast disguise self, make myself into a guard and wander around a bit. I have to ask, is it in sport mode right now? It is, uh, well, technically the terms are guardian and infiltrator. Of course they are. Uh, yeah, that checks out. Hey, I, I thought um, they sounded cool. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I probably need a little bit more rest than you do. Uh, what time is it right now? Um, Mid-afternoon. It's about quarter past two, maybe. I don't know. Oh, so we're like chilling for a little bit. Yeah, you got time. Okay. Um, if, if I rested now, could I take a long rest and, and join him stealthily later? I mean, in theory, it depends on whether or not Basil is willing to wait eight hours. Four hours gets us to what, like six? I don't think that's quite late enough for what I'm hoping to observe. So I, also, I gotta spend some time making this map anyways. Okay. okay. So I'm gonna find some shelter then. Is this church not enough shelter for you? Ah, it, you know, the roof and the indoorsness of it all. Just think of the pews as trees and settle under one of them. Cork passes out. Fully <laughs> 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 <Okay>. a mindset. <laughs> that was okay. Um, can we go back to um, Nicaro mm-hmm. and Pebble? Yeah. Okay, so as you guys round that corner, you see the the weedy little man standing right there. It doesn't look like he was trying to book it away from you. He was just hoping to get out of sight and just mm-hmm. wasn't quite quick enough. Okay, I'm gonna walk up to him and just be very friendly and, and tip my pirate hat and say, hey there, I saw we were walking the same path from the mansion back to the city. What's going on? I, I don't mean to assume, but is Borcoro gonna take any kind of a very different tack? <laughs> I'm going to walk up and stand beside Pebble and be like, yeah, we were walking in the same direction. What's up with you? I love that a consistent question for me is like, all right, how is Vorkoro going to fuck this up? (laughs) Well, observing the formalities, Larnak. Ernst Larnak, retainer to a ladyship, the owner of Vokta of Vokta House, ancient and noble family of the realm, at your service. Vorkoro is taken aback. Because he likes this. <laughs> For some reason. For some reason out of nowhere, Borcoro's like that. I, I like this dude. So rare. Uh, sorry, Pebble. Continue. You are the Outlanders. What kind of Vilaki just yeah, today? That's right. Therefore, you are subjects of great interest of her ladyship. Who is uh, her ladyship? She seems to have such good taste. As I said, Lady Fiona Vokter of Vokter House. And it will interest her greatly to know that you were going in and out of the Burgermaster's mansion. Very few people ever receive an invite. We were not so much invited. We we had some business to, to ask of him, and he was gracious enough to a- allow that to happen. And now we're, we're ready to, you know, celebrate the sun in a couple days and be on our way. Lady Vokter is often quite suspicious of those who would endeavor to do business with the Baron. She'll want to know who you've made friends with in this town since your arrival. Oh, well, we haven't been here long. Uh, we hung out with uh, Father Putrid Bitch, and we met Marty at the bar. Really nice guy, great wolf stick. And, uh, and I'm going to lean in, and I'm not going to be super loud, and I'm going to stare directly into the guy's eyes. And I hate the Baron, and I want to burn his entire house to the ground. I'm pretty sure he's evil. Um, so if that helps... Well, that does make things quite interesting. 
then her ladyship will be interested in hearing to know about such that. So, the more fortunate you, for a man of my esteemed position in the household to be sent on orders of Lady Voctor herself to extend an invitation to you and your companions to join her ladyship for dinner tomorrow evening. Thank you very much. You know, I was having a very bad day. I was, I must be honest, I was having a very bad day, but meeting you has put a smile on my face. Okay. Um, could I trouble you for an, a, a plus two to this? We have two more companions traveling in our group. We're, we're an interesting group of circus folk, but um, we're better as a team. Yes, quite by now, the whole town is abuzz to know that the rest of the circus has arrived and all four of you have been made welcome. I'm sorry, all five of you have been made welcome at her ladyship's household, should you choose to attend for dinner tomorrow evening. I believe she is planning on serving a stewed capon. Sounds lovely. Doctor House is one of the oldest and the grandest estates within this village, dating back to its very inception. Follow the high road north towards the Zorovich Gate and you will not fail to notice it. Uh, thank you very much. We shall be there tomorrow evening. Oh, I'm feeling much better, Pavel. Perhaps we should get back to uh, Basil and Fort. Yes. Maybe we should swing by the Baron's place again and give Irina a message that she's invited to dinner tomorrow. Uh, uh, something I'd like to point out. You don't actually know who that fifth referred to. Was it Irina or was it Rictavia? I assumed it was Irina. Believing that we were being watched in the five of us. I don't, yeah. I, let's let's talk to Basil and Cork before we decide whether or not to invite Irina. I don't, seems like there's some tension between the ladyship and the Baron. I don't want to bring Irina to a place that the Baron wouldn't want her to be. That seems anti to her, to her safety. Something else I would like to point out to you, where this clandestine meeting occurred. Um, so as I said, there's not many storefronts that you see, it seems to be mostly worksmen or workmen's mm. trade shops. Where you are right now, uh, you do find yourself outside of a what is definitely a store. The cramped shop has a dark entrance portico, above which hangs a wooden sign shaped like a rocking horse with a B engraved on both sides. Flanking the entrance are two arched lead-framed windows. Through the dirty glass, you see jumbled displays of toys, hanging placards bearing the slogan, is no fun, is no Blinsky. I want to buy some toys. You want to buy some toys, Pebble? Uh, sure. Let's let's check it out. Sorry, before we do that, anything else that um Basil or Cork want to do while they're waiting? Uh, no. I think we're resting up. I'll just you know recover health and spell slots and change my okay. armor over. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little jealous about the toy thing, but uh, I wouldn't know about it, so there's nothing really I could do. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I guess that's why i was asking i certainly don't mean to be directing you guys but um joe and camille do, do you want to do this do you want to do this right now i, mean, I would I love can. to okay. kind of want to regroup with them and see if they want to come um but that's because i'm like i'm intrigued i'm outside this store I, I mean, I'm just putting it out there because i don't mind you know doing a little creative dm magic i know that basil is in the middle of a deliberate project that that Brian has decided to invest this time in um Jake you're, you're committed to this long rest um well I mean I'm assuming everyone's resting at some point so I'm not too worried about it so I could take a little uh stroll about town okay well definitely you're welcome to help yourself to the advantages of a short rest then okay nice and then we can say that hey you guys as you're standing there outside of the toy shop uh Court Grizzly just happens hey. 
Or if there's yeah. a toy store, you want to come in with us? I would love to. Let's let's go in. This this looks great. Also, we right. got invited to dinner tomorrow. Oh, dinner. Wolf steak? All right, what's inside this store? The narrow and crooked toy shop lit by a single oil lamp is crammed with shelves and tables all piled high with toys. The smaller ones in baskets and barrels, the larger freestanding. Everything is covered in a layer of grimy dust. A moth-eaten curtain masks a back room from which emanates the twin smells of sawdust and paint. This place is great! In response to the tinkling of the tarnished bell affixed to the shop's door, a heavy-set man hurries out of the curtain back room. He wears a moth-eaten jester's cap and a scrawny, dour-looking monkey in a faded pink ballerina's tutu perches on his doughy shoulder. As he sees you, Welcome, friends, to the House of Blinsky, where happiness and smiles can be bought at bargain prices. Perhaps you know a little child in need of joy, a little toy for girl or boy. I can think of at least two children who could use it for Perhaps you would like to show me something Oh, uh, yes, of course. I am Gadolf Blinsky, wizard of tiny wonders. You're a wizard? I am, I am esteemed toy maker. I make these toys. And remember, he's no fun. He's no Blinsky. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Uh, your sign intrigued me, pulled me in. Uh, show me your best toy. Oh, well, um, and so he goes to work just sort of grabbing whatever seems to be closest to his hands at the moment. And he shows you an assortment of toys, um, such as a headless doll that comes with a sack of attachable heads, including one with eyes and mouth stitched shut. This he is selling for nine copper pieces. Miniature gallows, complete with a trap door and a weighted hanged man. Uh, a set of wooden nesting dolls. The smaller each one gets, the older it gets, until the innermost doll is a mummified corpse. <laughs> a wood and string mobile of hanging bats with flapping wings. A wind-up musical merry-go-round with figures of snarling wolves chasing children. A ventriloquist dummy that bears a strange resemblance to Strahd von Zarevich. And then at last he goes to grab something before pulling away and says, Oh, no, I'm sorry, that one is not ready. No, no, please, please. I am enamored by the amazing toys that I see here. I would be very interested to see your... Oh, you know, little children. Then, of course, you must buy a toy. Please, buy a toy. Ah, uh, I... I, I would actually like to buy one of everything you show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do some math. I'm sorry. When the NPC says buy a toy and looks at me so desperately, what else have I got? Um, 18 silver and 36 copper. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to pay that. Oh, so nice to have such excellent customers in town. Oh, yes, this has been wonderful. Oh, so nice of you to buy these toys for the children you know. You see, the good Burgermaster teaches us that happiness will be our escape from the dark of these lands. I do my part by making decorations for the Burgermaster's wonderful festivals and making toys for the good children to have their fun and games. You see, I know best what children like. I, I can't imagine that's true, but I <laughs> guess you have a good attitude. Happiness is good. Yes. I consider myself student of great inventor and toy maker Fritz von Weirg. Great toy maker, great inventor. There are rumors that his greatest masterpiece still somewhere in the horrible castle Ravenloft. I should hope to see it someday when the Burgermaster drives off the unhappiness from this land. Well, thank you very much for your business. These toys will be put to good use. And, uh, have a happy Blazing Festival. All will be well.
All will be well. <laughs> Make a perception check. Yeah. Me too. Anyone. Never a good sign when that's asked for. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen. Uh, four. Uh, that is a seven. Okay. Um, that was incredibly creepy. You should probably burn those toys. I would imagine. Uh, I think I think they actually will be put to good use. And I want to walk back to the square. All right. Um, are the children still wearing donkey heads and still in the stock? Get oh, no. away from the children! I'm not gonna do anything crazy. I just want to know if they're still there. They are. Um, I would like to take out the um, toy carousel and wind it up. I'm assuming it winds up like a music, like music box kind of thing. Okay. What kind of music does it play out of curiosity? It is exactly as off-putting as everything else there is about these toys. Cool. I'm not stopping in the square. I'm going to walk through the square. And I'm, as I pass the people in the stocks, I'm just going to put the music box on the ground and leave it there to play for them. And then I will keep walking. That's all. Okay. All will be well, guys. All will be well. Um, okay. Should we go back to the church? Should we meet up with Basil? Yeah. We can do that. I see, Borkoro is very excited to reunite with Basil. Oh, fine. We can go do that. Are we are we alone? Like walking through the street? I mean, like you're you're you can have a private conversation, okay. yeah. So as we're walking in a hushed tone to ensure that no one can hear me, um, I I want to mention to the two people walking with me. Um, so you all saw the the doll that looked a lot like Strahd in there, right? Yeah, I, I believe I have one. This yeah, one. that one. And I'll, I pull it out of my bag. There, there's an. Hello, I'm Strahd I'm totally gonna kill okay, you. Okay, all right. Yep, good. Too real, man. Hushed tones. Hushed tones. There was, you know, the the one that he said wasn't ready. Yes, I I was curious to see yeah. that one because I thought it was really fucked up. I caught a I caught a glimpse, and it looked a a lot like Irina. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that, but his toys are creepy. I mean, yeah, it's, I can't imagine how we would have even seen her yet. He said that one wasn't ready. Should we go back? To the toy store? Uh, that would not be my instinct. Burn it down? Burn no, no, down. see again, always answers no. That, that uh, you know, definitely not. Cork, what do you make of this? I think that's probably not a good sign. Um, uh, maybe we check on Irina or maybe we burn the toy store down. Oh, no, don't. No, he gets. <laughs> I want to go back to the church. I want to talk to Father Petrovich about the, the purple lights. I heard he might know something. Very good. I like that plan. So I just I just want to get my bearings. Um, so is the plan we're going back to the church with the idea that that's sort of where you're you're camping out for a bit? Um, I know that I know that uh, that Basil's open to maybe some like after dark chicanery, but the idea is we're okay. We're we're burning a day. Yeah, I'm cool. I guess that. yeah, and I I guess okay. while he's out yeah. doing his thing, I'll be with Father Petrovich doing the ministering and the taking care of people. Okay. So again, guys, that's the days of that's the day of trail mm -hmm. rations. Yep. Um, so I, I know, thank you, Brian, for, for waiting. So I kind of, I, I, there, there is something I do want to make sure we get done with Father Petrovich mm -hmm. before we're done today. 
But I want to I honor the fact that you've been waiting around for a while. So what exactly are you up to? David, don't need to cater to me. I, um, like I said, I built this map trying to mark uh, as many relevant things as we can as possible, such as the location where we were attacked by the wolves or where Cork saw himself hanging from the gallows. I'll, I'll try to mock something up for you for the next time we play. That would be great. Um, but yeah, and so the other thing is that, so his plan is to configure his armor into infiltrator mode so that he won't have a stealth hindrance and kind of just like stroll about at night um, with a, a spell making him look like one of the guards. Okay. Just to get a lay of the town or is he specifically staking out anything? Specifically looking for that purple glow. Um, uh, Basil, how long are you prepared to wait? How, how long are you are you hoping to stake out the, the manor for? Uh, well, my spell only lasts for an hour. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess we want to get a little more intel on the lights and see like what time of night they've been typically reported. Is that a conversation we can have with the priest? Um, so let's just retcon this briefly. Uh, I, I mean, I... I'm, I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get this session wrapped up, so I'm going to tell you right away. No, the priest doesn't really know anything about that. Oh, about the lights at all. You know, you know, he he says something to the effect of like, it doesn't surprise me to think that such a rumor is going around, but the the if it if it were true, I wouldn't know what it means. It's mm, fair. A lot of rumors go around this town. Actually, I guess I I can I can recast disguise self. Okay. Up to three times, so I guess I I have three hours total of inconspicuous observing. No, you don't see it. Nothing. Okay. Sorry. Well, that's that's Basil's plan. Um, I guess head back to the church from there. All right. So so yes, it seems that um, in a in a land that is plagued with stories of, of vampires and worse, um, people who don't really have proper homes that they can lock themselves into, you know, uh, uh, laborers and and the kind of of low level folks who would ordinarily in a normal world pass the night in a barn loft or a buyer, tend to come to the church uh, for a certain extra degree of safety. Uh, at some point during the night, when there's sort of a, an odd moments pebble, uh, Father Petrovich does sort of deliberately approach you again. And he says, uh, given your help tonight and the trust young Kolyanovich has put in you, um, I would share with you an important secret. Mm. So yeah, a pebble is kind of your call. Do you want everyone else to hear this or um i mean so he he wants me to know a secret and then he's saying like do you want to go away from everybody or stay here i mean i'm asking you as a dm how do you want to oh, handle let's, this let's let's make it be a secret okay guys you cool with that yeah here muffs it's her call okay um the church should be one of the only places in these mountains that are truly safe it was consecrated long ago with the bones of saint andrew himself hidden below the chapel and keeping evil at bay those bones are now missing. I have told no one for fear of panic throughout the town, but I fear that without those bones, none can truly find here the refuge that they seek. I need allies to help me find them and return them. Okay. Um, I can, I mean, I, my power is only so much. I, is it okay with you if I tell my companions as well? They can they'd probably be willing to join and, and help us find them. I, I quite expect that you will. I was, I was pleased to see a, a person of, of faith come to town as I obviously am not prepared to share this information with just anyone. But to know that you have 
a kind of trustworthy bend that you're ready. Um, yes, I, I, I'm frankly growing quite, quite distressed about the fact. And honestly, I'm not quite sure how to even begin looking for them. Yeah. What, what type of protection do the bones confer upon the church? An, an, an ancient blessing. Our doctrine tells us that with those bones here and the proper religious magics affixed to them, such creatures as we fear from the woods and fear Lanzarovich to be are forbidden from entering. There are old superstitions that say that such a creature must be given permission to enter a dwelling, but this is a church. It is open to all. Oh. Suffice to say, I will be blunt. The very protection that these people here tonight seek, they are not receiving. Got it. I feel that I would do more harm than good by telling them the truth, but obviously I would prefer to be telling them the truth. Yeah, well, it's in, it's in everyone's best interest right now to keep this town as safe as possible. So I will talk to my companions and see how we could start looking for these bones. You said you have no hints, you have no ideas where they could be. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, given that this information itself, the, the reality of the bones is an old secret that was entrusted to me by my predecessor, I would be the only one in town who even knew that they were there let alone the power they had. There is one person I have been compelled to share this information with, but that person just simply cannot be the one who took them. Who is that person? The only one I ever told was the young altar boy who's asleep in the Undercroft at the moment now. His name is Yeska. He's an orphan. I allowed him to come to the church basically to make sure that he had a home, but he doesn't know where exactly those bones are kept and and frankly he doesn't have the kind of strength that it would take to pull up the floorboards to have accessed them it was it was because of his panic that i told him that they were there as a comfort he had no reason to take them and nowhere to bring them to and how did you discover that the the bones were missing was the floor destroyed or did you check on them well i as i said i spend enough time here that even the floorboard having been replaced however seemingly inconspicuously incorrectly, incorrectly nonetheless. Roused my suspicions and I went looking and found them to be missing. Can we investigate the place where the bones should be? Maybe it can help us with any clues? You you can, but it was it was in a small space directly underneath the sanctum here where we have all these people spending the night. So it will not do to go looking right. now. But at such a time tomorrow when there is no one in the in the chapel proper, that would be the time okay. to do so. All right, I will I'll share this information with my with my people and we'll see what we can do. All right. So I'm going to go back to everybody and I'll tell them what I learned. So Father Petrovich has told me that a major part of the church's protection is St. Andrew himself his bones were buried underneath um, this church. And he fears that without the protection that is given to the church from these bones, monsters could be invited into this church. And therefore, this church is not the safe place that it should be. He doesn't know where they are. Someone was able to steal them semi-inconspicuously, and now, you know, they're gone. So he would like for us to try to find them. Just so I had this thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody stole bones mm -hmm. that were buried beneath this church. Correct. And they did that inconspicuously. They Some... inconspicuously dug underneath the church and got away with a bunch of bones 
without anybody noticing anything fucking suspicious. It it's um they pried up the floorboards, I guess, took the bones and left. But you're right, that is weird. How could that happen? I don't know. All right. Uh, perhaps we could talk to our um, dinner friend tomorrow. Generally, this is not information we want to spread around. Um, the fact that these bones, people don't even know that these bones exist, let alone that they're missing. So in order to keep... How, who would kill bones that most people don't even know are there? That's another big question. Um, you know, only really Father Petrovich is supposed to know that they exist at all. One other person knows, uh, which is the altar boy, Yeska. Um, and he, Father Petrovich said that he just kept him, uh, he just told him to make him feel safer. He's an orphan. He, he, he's here for refuge. Um, I think the bigger question of is not whether this child is guilty, but who else did this child share this information with? Let's wrap it up there. You got a lot going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, you you weren't kidding um, when you said there would be like plot hook overload. Like holy shit! That's, there's a lot going on in Velaki, and it's usually at this point that players start to feel a bit overwhelmed. So again, I just want to reiterate: your job is to identify which of these plot threads you find most interesting. Yeah. All right, so just just as a recap, we've got the missing bones, the guy who was spying on us and invited us to a, a weird dinner. We've got whatever the fuck is going on in the Baron's attic. There was rumors of witches in the town. There's the uh, the dusk elves and the Vistana nearby. There's all the tarot cards. Yeah, so we have all the, the tarot cards to investigate. There's the the Argonvost the ruins, the creepy toy maker. I'm at eight so far. Yeah. Um, so uh, good people listening at home, lots of content to come. I'm really interested in the creepy Irina doll. That's that's my personal interest right now. And the festival is only two days oh, away. I forgot about the festival. the festival. Oof, so much to come. We're probably going to die, or at least for Coraways. But if you liked our show, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts so that other people can discover this exercise in masochism. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Blood on the Dice for updates, highlights, and other nonsense. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.